This is CyberSound, your simplified and fundamentals-focused source for all things cybersecurity, with your hosts, Jason Pufall and Stephen Mareska. Welcome to CyberSound. I'm your host, Jason Pufall, joined by Steve Mareska and Matt Fasaro. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. So today we're going to talk a little bit about network segmentation. Uh, I feel like it's something that comes up all the time, right? Either your maybe your managed service provider has told you that you need to do network segmentation. Maybe your insurance carrier has told you. Maybe your internal engineers have told you. Uh, you know, what does it actually mean? You know, does it does it really do anything for you? Is your, you know, what's the value of, of sort of moving down the path of, of doing all that work? And, and Matt, I think you're the logical person to kick this over to to start. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've spent quite a few years doing this, implementing uh, VLANs for networks and uh, implementing segmentation that, you know, sometimes even on global scale, right? Um, and the thing I find almost every time is that it was either done wrong when I come in there or the uh, the plan that I'm asked to implement just isn't sufficient, right? What's that mean, right? Um, especially these days, we want to see uh, different servers, different applications, different users in different places of the network that have some type of policy that governs how they can interact with other users or applications, right? When you have network segmentation, most of the time all we see is some networking that got changed around that never really affects anything, right? Because at the end of the day, we can still get everywhere we want to. Um, the you know traffic can go from one user VLAN to another user VLAN. And if you're not familiar with VLANs, VLANs are basically just um, a logical network that gets created inside your equipment, right? It's not something that you would necessarily see if you walked into a, a switch closet. Common sins of the past usually include, you know, VLANs and segments that are building specific or floor specific or, you know, entirely divorced from the systems that they might contain locally on that network or, you know, things of that variety. Network segmentation for network segmentation state uh, sake, not necessarily because it serves a purpose. Yeah, not for security. Right. Yeah. In the past, a lot of times you would see this happen to um, – make your broadcast domain smaller when when that was a real issue not so much an issue anymore but you know back in the day hardware couldn't handle all of that happening all the time right uh, the other reasons you would see is for troubleshooting right we want to know what network uh, certain traffic is coming from uh, or we want to make some general policies on our firewall that says you know uh, the finance department uh, can only go to the, these particular websites right Um but you would only see that at the edge, right? That would be on your edge firewall. What we need to have today, because of the way threats are, uh, lateral movement's a huge issue. Um, so lateral movement is an attacker moving from one system to another. Uh, they need to be able to get to services to do that, right? And a lot of times they shouldn't even be able to see them. You know, good example is going between VLANs inside your network. So you know, a VLAN that supports your engineering network shouldn't necessarily talk to your administrative IT department, right? And, you know, lateral movement that we see in security instances we manage usually starts from your, your edge, your workstations, and works inward towards the more sensitive systems. And, you know, a lot of that is data-centric. It's privilege-centric. And thinking about that flow is really central to proper network segmentation. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it, understanding the flow is important. That's going to basically inform your policy um, and what types of applications and services they should be, your user should be able to get to. Um, it, it, the thing we see that's done wrong all the time is there's just no there's no policy ever applied, right? 
Um, it, this is done most of the time because it's easy. Uh, people want to have less complex networks, and that's this is totally understandable. Uh, they, they don't necessarily want to be putting ACLs on their routers. Um, they don't want to make a whole bunch of firewall rules. But I, I'll tell you, they, their minds change very quickly after an incident happens, right? Um, we've, we've actually had to basically rebuild networks on the fly because of how permissive they were uh, just to get people back up during a ransomware incident, right? Um, what we like to see now is policy between these things. And typically, uh, you'll see that done uh, on a firewall it, internally. You'll see that on a firewall. We never really were really able to do this because we just didn't have firewalls that were even capable of handling this, right? Uh, Steve, I'm sure you remember the days of, you know, your pixels and ASAs that, <laughs> you know, you're lucky you can get uh, a meg out of them. <laughs> But now we've got firewalls that are doing line rate inspection at this point. And, you know, we're not necessarily expecting people to be running you know, AV engines on their, uh, on their firewalls for internal traffic, but uh, at least defining the services they should get to, we should at least be there at this point. And we're operating in a realm today where your firewall rules can include identities and roles. Right. We, we are in a far, far more uh, granular and informed way of applying policy instead of simply assuming, hey, that IP is assigned to that floor and those are users. We can go far, far uh, more effectively and apply policy today. Right. And you've, you've probably not seen this a lot because there was a lot of pushback from your networking engineers. Right. Networking engineers, their entire purpose is to give you a clear line that is as fast as possible. Right. That is their only job. Now put a firewall on the way. You can't get to things on purpose through policy. Uh, you might introduce some latency, but sometimes it's it's expected. Right. And again, the equipment we have these days, the chipsets we've got, they're just not getting in the way like they used to. Um, so it's it's almost it's a it's an old excuse at this point that we don't want to put something in the way. That's um, quite frankly something we need to change. So you, we started this by saying, you know, why do we need to do it? Uh, so I want, I want to come back to that a little bit because I actually think it's important to make sure we enumerate that as clearly as we can. Uh, even po so, poorly implemented network segmentation still can give you the ability during an incident to at least make some. Uh, potentially, right, some some policy-based decisions to help keep certain certain parts of the network up, maybe, or certain parts of the network isolated, right? So, is is and, and I agree with you fully, right? It, it implementing it for you know networking sake, but not necessarily security sake, probably doesn't buy you a ton. In an emergency, you'll get a little bit of value out of it, right? I, I think we can all agree on that. Um, we regularly see organizations that have to run sort of outdated equipment and potentially putting them into isolated networks, right? Provide some ability of, of you, know, you know, like a compensated control, right? Some ability to isolate those from other, you know, call them modern systems or, you know, better protected systems. Um, I mean, that's definitely a quality you can get out of this, right? Yeah, it, we're asked about that all the time. You know, we, we do a vulnerability assessment and it's, it's an application that they either need to go to a vendor to upgrade or just don't have support anymore. Uh, that That's the answer. Yep. Segment it out make it on its own own network on VLAN and your mitigation is now uh, some type of ACL or firewall or however we can manage that traffic getting to that service is how you get around that. Similarly, you have users that maybe want access to the internet, maybe they're guests on your wireless network. Segmentation allows them to be off in their own little area, safe and not even able to touch internal systems. Uh, similar kind of concept, uh, 
you can make a walled garden where really, really restrictive policies can be deployed without necessarily bleeding over into other parts of your network. Common practice for orgs that have, uh, you know, credit card processing requirements, because if you don't if you don't segregate those systems, the the actual uh, standard requirements actually, you know, flow into other systems and make policies a bit more onerous than we'd like them to be for users, for example. Right. Yeah, you'll see a lot of fringe benefits out of this too. You'd be amazed at some of the insight that you can get, especially on your firewall. If you put if you put a firewall between your VLANs, you're now getting a whole bunch of insight into what types of traffic are actually going uh, going on inside your network at that point, right? Uh, a lot of people do not have that view when you're just running it on your switches, right, or your routing equipment. Um, and if you wanted to get that insight, it's actually pretty big lift. Uh, you know, I know Steve ran uh, quite a bit of that network packet inspection stuff at a, a pretty large scale. It was not easy. No, it's not. But it's it's achievable. And even getting samples uh, over a very busy link are still meaningful from you know decision making for traffic characterization and, and things of that sort. Right. Um, Visibility is key in security, and when you can carve up your network and your devices and your users into logical areas that are separate from one another, making sense of the data that you have is fundamentally cleaner. And, you know, in a security incident, really critical, helps you find the threat. In a more, you know, business operations standpoint, it can say, hey, that department over there uses a ton of network bandwidth. Uh, Maybe we need to have a conversation with them. Perhaps we can save some money. You know, lots of different secondary outcomes from having good data that's facilitated by segmentation. Yeah, that, that's a good point, is that you can get some business insight into it. Um, applications that aren't necessarily used anymore that are, are still being paid for and hosted, you know, you, you can get some insight on that. Um, and I think what business owners need to be aware of is when you know your IT department comes to you and say, we need to do a, a network segmentation project, make sure that there's some type of uh, security portion of that, right? Are we making policy or are we just dividing up the network? That stuff should really be part of um, part of the plan at that point. It, it, it's interesting, you know, that incident response piece, right? Because we regularly roll into an incident, you know, wish there was more sort of segmentation in place. But I think, it, you know, conversely, it, it helps with the continuity efforts as well, right? Because we oftentimes have to keep parts of the network up for, you know, business reasons, right? Maybe it's an ERP or something like that. It, honestly, it's a thought I was having just at the moment with uh, where Matt was talking. It, it's network segmentation allows quick, low impact decisions in an incident. Otherwise, you may take out your entire network. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's a good point. Right. The low impact part. And many organizations are hesitant to actually disconnect network traffic flow between segments, between you know users and the internet. If you have good segmentation, you can do that with a flip of a switch in a discrete way for a small number of systems and make meaningful containment capabilities uh, at available at your fingertips. And if, and if you recall, when we did our incident response episode, uh, you know, one of the top, you know, top couple of things to do, I think it was the number one, was separate or, or you know, shut down a variety of different network segments, right? Shut it down to the internet, shut it down internally. This does allow you to do that in in say, a low-impact way, potentially. Right. And it's not just us saying this at this point. It's, you know, Department of Homeland Security, our peers in the right. security engineering space. That This is a step that's critical. And segmentation makes it a really easy lift. So, Matt, you mentioned doing it via firewall policy, and you also mentioned doing it via ACL. Uh, I feel like back in the day, ACL was a dirty word. You're, nobody, <laughs> nobody wanted nope. to have a, a network full of ACLs. 
Yeah. Any easier now? Any different now? Do you prefer to do it via policy, firewall policy? <laughs> this is a tough one because th this is going to depend on um, how good your networking stack is. So if you're if you're a smaller organization, you probably don't have access to the the, the fancy management tools that are available. In that case, you want to do this on a firewall, right? That's the right place to yeah, do it. Built for it. Yeah. Um, if you've got more advanced networking equipment, there are management systems out there, and, and quite honestly, the hardware is ready to do this stuff. It'll do that on the fly for you. It's much simpler to do. There, there's a management interface for it. It's not all CLI-based. Um, it's something you can audit. Yeah, they, when you are trying to do this on a scale where you really only have like a single router and it's all CLI-based and maybe there's two people in the organization that know how to use that, Probably not the right place to do it. Do you, do you think everybody even knows what CLI means now? Uh, fair. <laughs> fair point. Yeah. So <laughs> command line interface, right? Yeah. Actually typing instead of using yes. some point and click management console. The, the, the key that I want to emphasize with the management um, infrastructure that you're getting to is consistency of application across equipment. Otherwise, it's going to require individuals logging into systems and applying policy, hopefully consistently. And in our experience that's never the case. Yeah, it's so hard. Right. Um, those tools allow revision tracking. They allow broad changes to be applied everywhere. And more importantly, they tend to be accompanied by secondary benefits like the ability to tie VLAN placement for a user and a workstation to their authentication and their role. Those related services mean dynamic application of policy in a way that's frankly not possible without those tools in place. Right. I, I think what, what this is all boiling down to is that you need to be able to um, you need to be able to apply policy properly, and you can't do that if you just let network traffic go wherever wherever you want it to. Right. Uh, but it, but it's not. It really does seem because Steve, you hinted on this at this twice now from the the user based piece of it. It's not. It's fine to have it be a purely network segmentation activity, right? But it's great if you if you tie it with identity and make it a more intelligent product ultimately. Right. You don't necessarily have to start there. Right. It, that's an advanced next step. It's just a, a way of introducing some uh, flexibility in an organization that might be tied to physical location or subnet or something like that. It's a way to bypass, uh, let's call them inefficiencies in network size or aspects of that well, sort. And, that, and that's easier now, right? A lot Because a lot of these products integrate directly into Active Directory or some of these other identity-based tools. So, Yeah, it, and it allows your, your users to be more mobile between departments. And your role is now going to define how you interact with services right. instead, makes of a lot of instead of necessarily physically where you are. A bottom line for me is not overthinking this. Because, I mean, I see orgs with that are bristling with VLANs. It, it's no longer appropriate. VLANs associated with specific types of data, VLANs associated with specific types of devices, and specific types of users, that, that's where you want to be. And if you can be as simple as possible, for example, your public data, your uh, sensitive data, your regulated data, th those might be really excellent buckets to carve up some of your systems and your, your users. If you can do that, uh, policies become simple. And honestly, when we're dealing with policies and security enforcement, uh, being manageable and being simple and easy to understand is absolutely critical. So I want to wrap up with one, I think, what I think is a simple question. Uh, I'll be surprised if it's not. You, you, some, some of these conversations we have, 
you know, we say, well, you, you may or may not want to move in the direction we just described, right? Um, it, zero trust, uh, certain, you know, certain technologies we've outlined. Is there any reason you wouldn't suggest a company to move forward with network segmentation? If you, if your branch offices or, or even your, your, your main offices, offices are just not that large. You know, if, if we're talking about a presence of like 10 people, it may, it may be complexity that just isn't required. Uh, it depends on, on your data and your purpose of what you're doing. Um, I can't think of anything but, off the top so, of my head. But aren't you even but, in that case, like maybe getting a guest wireless network? Yeah, and even that. Right? So right, you're still segmenting yep. something. But I think a really good defining characteristic is kind of what you were leading into, Matt, whether there are users co-resident in that location with servers right. or other support systems. If they're not, then it's a much simpler uh, discussion to be had. And honestly, from a wireless access perspective, most wireless devices actually have standalone networks for guests at this point. Right. It's inherently segmented. Inherently. Right. So it, that would be a scenario to me where segmentation at that smaller scale is simply not necessary. Maybe the segmentation occurs between that branch office and a central office or something like Correct. that. But yep. then, then there's a firewall link and it's relatively straightforward to apply. So the answer generally feels like yeah, you, you always want some amount of segmentation. You need to think about your populations. And even if your population is, you know, guests visiting an office versus full-time employees who are always in an office, right? Right. So, yep. Yeah, always have the, the capability there. Yeah, that, that's reasonable. It's common sense. You know, you don't want your printers being able to access your, your databases. It yep. doesn't make any sense. Right. We could have a whole discussion on printers. Right? So it's I a want, running joke with me, I know. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, wrapping up, you know, there, there's – there's only, for the most part, there's really only benefit for doing this. I think a lot of the complexity around management is gone nowadays. Certainly, the hardware supports it uh, you know, a lot better than it used to. Uh, there's purpose-built devices, and you can integrate it with identity. Um, we strongly, we strongly advocate that people move towards this. Uh, it, it's kind of a, it's pretty, pretty fundamental network security architecture in a lot of ways. Uh, surprisingly, we just don't see a lot of the, a lot of companies that have implemented their networks, you know, a decade ago. Uh, maybe they haven't moved toward that. Uh, and as always, you know, we're, we're interested in keeping the conversation going. If you want to hear about you know, more about this topic, maybe, uh, or explore other topics, you know, reach out to us on LinkedIn. Just search Vancord. Uh, we're at Vancord Security on Twitter. Uh, we're happy to have a conversation going forward. We hope you got some value out of today's discussion. Stay vigilant. Stay resilient. This has been CyberSound.